Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. It is August 30th. It is time for the list and ya boy number 35. Jimmy, what's up? The man in the shadows is your new nickname. Yeah. So this is a monumental day, Sean. Is it? It's a monumental day for two reasons, as a matter of fact. Uh So the first reason is that I discovered via Twitter this morning, and I feel a little bit embarrassed I didn't know this prior, I feel I heard this via Twitter this morning that today is your birthday. It is. It so, is. My my wife got me this this ribbon that says birthday boy. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. How Thank old you are you today? Number 1, how old are you today? Number 2, how come you didn't tell me? You never said anything. Well, I mean, why would I I don't know. I don't want to go tout my own birthday. It's my sweet 16 times 2. Okay, so because you feel like you're getting older, is that the reason you didn't want it to to be known? It wasn't a secret. Oh, it wasn't a secret. Okay. Well, anyway, that's the first monumental, I guess, occasion today. There's another occasion today, Sean, because I, I am announcing officially on this podcast that my company has created a new technology. Really? I yes. hope it, I hope it replaces Wirecast. Uh, that's not a bad idea, and it's going to come. It's going to come. But that my was company, an ideal idea, to be fair. Was it? Okay. Well, maybe yes. that'll be on the that'll that'll come later on. But my company has created a new technology and I think that it is going to be really big. I think it's going to really uh, there's going to be a market for it. I think it's going to really blow up. I want to use this podcast as my uh, my opportunity to ta- tell you a little bit about it and I'm even going to give you a little demonstration. And this is something my team has worked on for a while and uh, and I'm really proud of their efforts. So, what we've come up with. Have you ever were you, did you ever watch Star Trek as a kid? No, hell no. 
So you know on Star Trek when they could beam somebody up? Yes, I, I'm, I know about that, yeah. And obviously if that really existed, that would be a major technology. Elon Musk is working on this hypercell thing, whatever the hell Hyperlink. he calls it. Jesus Hi, there Christ. you go, Hydrolink, Hydrolink. Hyperloop. Hyperloop, Hyperloop. So my company has created, and we don't have a name for it yet, we have created a Beam Me Up Scotty technology. Oh, boy. And it's amazing. And basically, it means I can go wherever the hell I want to go. And all I have to do is snap my fingers and I can get it done. That's all I have to do. No. Really proud of my team. And I'm going to utilize it right now for a second. I'm going to utilize it by going to a new place. And I'm going to do it on the count of three. And then I'm going to snap my fingers. One, two, three. And so where I am... I am in Ewing, Kentucky. You son of a bitch. And I am outside your house, Sean, in Ewing, Kentucky right now. (laughs) And you know what? I'm not going to come alone because, again, if I want to bring other people with me, all I have to do is snap my fingers and they can come too. And so let's let's try this technology again and see if it works. I'm going to go ahead and do like three snaps. Oh, and what do you Jesus have to say to uh, Mr. Sapp? <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sean. Happy birthday to you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Good job. That was Sean. So I got to tell you, definitely, so don't, definitely don't not Vatura, Nigel, and Lindsay I gotta tell in you. any way, shape, or form. You got a nice big house here, man. It's it's a good size like, house. Oh, yeah. I got to put my earbuds back in because I can't hear a damn word you're saying right now. <laughs> I got to put my earbuds back in. How big is this house? Uh, it's about 2,500 square feet. You've got like a U.S. flag out here and you got a porch. and You know who I think I see over there? I see your asshole neighbor over there. Isn't he the one that was? Isn't he the one that was shitting on your lawn? The guy over there? No. Well, his dog does. Oh, his dog does. You know what? He just gave me the finger. Go fuck yourself. All right, Sean's neighbor. Stop being an asshole. I'm going to leave you some bread out on your lawn. All right. Uh, actually, the that overnight. That you are is facing my 84 year old neighbor Jane. Thanks. And your and your 84 year old neighbor is the one that keeps on stealing the fucking lawn bread. It's your 84 year old neighbor that keeps doing it. She is in an electric wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. She's a very kind woman. <laughs> I apologize, but I didn't know that you're eating his lawn bread. So, uh, so yeah, man. So here I am in Kentucky, and you in Kentucky, outside your house. God, I can't wait to get Greg's email and just have him expense so much shit. Look how like, we're gonna make the, plans. Look how blue the sky is out here. There's like trees and shit out here. There's literally a lot of shit. If you've never been to Ewing, Kentucky, there's a lot of shit and, and farmland around uh, here. There, there's really not anything here. Yeah, it's nice out here. It's quiet Wait, we out have here. a bakery? Yeah, it's nice. So It's nice. Shout out to Dot's Bakery. Free What I free need to do is, them. so I have to test the technology to see if it will like actually send me back to Toronto. Because if it doesn't send me back to Toronto, then I'm kind of fucked out here in Ewing, Kentucky. It means i got to move in with you for a while, Sean. Did you have a problem uh-huh. with that? What'd you say? Would you have a problem with that if I have to move in with you for a while? 
Yeah, that would fucking suck. Oh, that would suck? Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to try going back to Toronto, and we'll see if this technology works, okay? So let's try this. One, two, three. I think we're back. I think we're back. Yes, I think we are. Worked out great. Worked out great. So, uh... That is my cat. I'm getting I'm getting claps out by the team out here. I'm getting some claps by the team. So uh, kudos to Lindsay and Melissa and Nigel, uh, and I think that the team out here helped with the uh, help with the graphics, I believe. So Derek Juan, kudos to everybody. Yeah, I, I thought that was Sean, Sean, and Sean, not Melissa, Lindsay, and Nigel. Um. It was. It, have you ever seen that movie? What's the movie with Michael Keaton? Uh, Duplicity or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. It was kind of sort of like that. It was kind of. Are me and like Ventura that. still beefing? Is that why she didn't get in on it? Uh, yeah, Ventura thinks you're an asshole. So. <sighs> what a disappointment. Yeah, she really wants nothing to do with you at all. But uh, yeah. So I think that worked out pretty well. That little birthday surprise. So happy birthday, man. Remember when I said you hired well? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that statement anymore. Now I got to tell you, <laughs> um, you know how we uh, we changed over the whole software thing so that we now do it over at this office instead of at your office. That yeah. was by design. Uh huh. And uh, something that you're not going to know until you watch this back is we also changed the intro on the show this week. Oh, I know you changed the intro. Oh, because somebody in the chat told you, right? No, because I've got a window up here, and I can see what's going on. But you can't hear it, can you? I had the volume up a little bit. I'm oh, allowed so, to do okay. that now that I'm not producing it. Okay, so you did know yeah. about that. Okay. So was that a tip-off? <sighs> when you heard that, was that a tip-off? I Well, no. I know you, Jimmy. Throughout one hour a day, one and a half hours maybe every week. Yep. You show your colors, Jimmy. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. Okay, okay. It's a good thing. Well, I will uh, say this. My, wa- my wife is going to be a fan of that production. Maybe during the show, whenever I feel like using the technology, I might go back to you in Kentucky uh, just for a few minutes, just like to make sure that the technology still works. And then I might like come back to Toronto <laughs> afterwards. So I might do that. But You've kudos- rendered me speechless, and that is no easy task. Oh, I do that at least monthly. At least monthly. Kudos to my team. So it, it was my idea to do something, uh, and but the team put all this together, like the, the green screen and all that. Nigel put all that together. Lindsay and Melissa went and got all the stuff made. Like I said, I think Juan and Derek helped with the design of everything. So kudos to everybody. Great job. I have a special guest today this week, too, for a little bit. You do. I'm excited. So we're going to move on from your birthday. And i got to make sure I can get an extra chair. We're going to move on from your birthday to talking about the big fight, even though this is a wrestling sure. podcast, because we have to. It was major international news. We're going to talk about McGregor and, and Mayweather. And at your suggestion last week, I thought, wouldn't it make sense to get like a, a proud Irish compatriot to come on here and talk about Conor McGregor? Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah, right. of course it would make sense. So I'm going to bring her in. So her name is Nicola. She's from Ireland. Come on in. Wait, wait, wait. Let's give her the proper intro. Okay. The 2017 Sky Dome Aware Ads Eating Champion. There you go. Can you get it in? Here? <laughs> Not really. 
Nigel's the chair's too big, man. The chair's too big. It was honestly that's the smallest chair we have in this office. Okay, okay. Okay, so now the shot is just Nicola. That's fine. It can just it can just be Nicola. She's a lot prettier than me. It could just be Nicola. Happy birthday, Sean. Thank you so much. Yeah, hi, this is fabulous. I can't hear you, by the way. Oh. <laughs> no way. Jimmy, she can't okay. hear me. It's okay. So long as you don't say anything mean about her. I want, you know what I, I can do? Her. You know what I can do? Sure. Will that go far enough? We're very high tech here. Yeah. Will that go far enough? You use this one in your ear. I, I can't. Side. It's a right-handed one. It's a right I can, a I can give you mine if you want. Will it work? No, we'll see. We'll see. There we go. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I think it'll be okay, no? She'll make it work. There you go. Yeah, we will. We will. Okay. So there you go. So I wanted to bring Nicola on. Make sure you don't break anything. <laughs> I wanted to bring Nicola on because she's a big Conor McGregor fan. Yeah. Where are you from in Ireland? At Westmeath. It's in the middle. There's no water around where I live. I'm as central as you can be in Ireland. There you go. And so I wanted to ask you first off, what do you think of Conor McGregor? What do your people think of Conor McGregor? Well, before this boxing even came on, like I was his biggest fan. I have him as a screensaver on my work computer here as well. Uh, since I came in here, actually, there you go. It's, it's small, but it's there. It's there. <laughs> um, I love him. I think he's amazing as a person. Look up at the camera right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's yeah. So he's just he's just a phenomenal person. Like even just to stand up and do. What he's done has just done so much for the country. It's done so much for me and my like my goals in life. Just to know that you can do something. Why do you want to fight? From such uh, a small do you want to fight Floyd Mayweather? I will <laughs> someday. Ooh. I'm gonna get her to fight Vitura since Vitura's yeah. talking all that trash. <laughs> they sit next to each other. Yeah. So do they? They do. They do. Ooh. That could be interesting. And then, what did you think of the outcome of the fight? I didn't tell you what happened at the Rose and Crown yet. No. At the pub. So there's a pub next door, Sean, called the Rose and Crown. Here in Toronto, next door, I was very, very Irish pub. On the weekend, they showed the fight, right. and an Irish uh, patron, when the fight was over, yeah. threw a beer bottle through their biggest screen uh, TV <gasps> screen. No way. Yeah, yeah, and then took <laughs> off and didn't pay the bill. Just took <laughs> off. Yeah. Now he was Irish. Right. Is that indicative of uh, um, of you crazy ordinary people? We are crazy. I don't think we get that aggressive ah. usually. Um, we, yeah, okay, maybe we can sometimes, but not, maybe not viciously. We so what of, did you think of the outcome of the fight? Place more so. Did you um, think it was fair? Did Conor lose, lose fairly? Uh, it's, for me, personally, I'm not, I'm not, like, I don't understand boxing to, to have an opinion on it, but personally, looking at the fight, I think they could have let it go a little bit longer, maybe. Just a little bit longer. I think he still had some something in him that can come out of nowhere. Just after watching his UFC fight, sometimes when he's fighting, it looks like he's finished. But you know, then he just comes out of nowhere with this. God knows what he'll pull out of his, his sleeve. But so I got to tell you, another Irish person that a friend of mine knows, Crazy K, an Irish person that he knows, told him he thinks it was staged. I thought it was staged too. No. Yeah. Because he lost. No. Is that yeah. why you thought it was staged? I think from the very start there was something fishy with Showtime. Showtime was not really very well put together. Like there was sound issues. Aren't you glad I brought her on, Sean? Because <laughs> a, a lot of Irish people had this same opinion. Oh, do they? Yes. I haven't been following anything. A lot of them have the same opinion. Just my own thing. I just right. thought from the very. I mean, they called the belt the money belt. Uh, uh, they they made it just for this fight. Well, yeah, it was money Floyd Mayweather's yeah. team. They, they, they Floyd paid, Mayweather's team paid, produced though. it. They paid five hundred grand for that belt. 
it's my, oh you know, no 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 one point two million I think oh that was five hundred grand I think it was one point two million I could oh, be maybe. wrong I'll check maybe okay. but it was basically a gift from Floyd's team to Floyd right because they knew he would love that ugly ass belt right 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 okay Heard okay it smelled like straight crocodile shit too did it because <laughs> it used like leather or something right like it's crocodile skin. Crocodile skin. Crocodile yeah, skin. I heard that it smelled like they just killed the alligator. Oh, really? Threw it on there. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that you weren't too disappointed. I told you last week he was going to lose, right? Yeah. Told you. Oh, I told you. I, I told you. Be prepared. You said he won in life anyway. I said he won in life anyway, but I said even Which before is true. when you asked me would he win, I said it doesn't matter. Right. As well. I mean, I'm behind him as a person and what he's doing. Right. And what he's what he stands for, and just his his confidence, and I just love everything about him. I right, he, he inspires me as a person. Awesome. From what he's doing. And how am I as a boss? Oh my goodness, he is the best. Sean will agree. <laughs> I do agree. Yeah. I do agree. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining boss. us. Yeah, except thanks for, for these uh, ten minutes. You know, uh, preparation to come on a live broadcast. I told her. I told her. <laughs> he does push boundaries. I just told her. I just told her because I didn't want her. I didn't because I knew you were going to overthink and get nervous. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to tell her before we go on. Yeah. That way you won't. So good job. Uh, yeah. Next time McGregor does something big, I'll bring you on again. Uh, it's nice to know everyone knows where you live uh, now, Sean. So yes. <laughs> in the world. Yes. Well, I can't. I, I can't put like my little flags next to my Twitter handle like you. It's not as charming when I do it, right? Because people will assume I'm some kind of nationalist and right. rally yes. against me. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you very yeah, much. No problem. Make sure you take your buds out. I will. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Jimmy, this Good will be job. on the show. <laughs> not so hard. See you later. All right. Thanks. Well, this is going to be on the short list of my wife's favorite episodes ever. Because I knew this was going to be a good one today. I I told my wife because obviously my wife's busy with the kids at home. I told my wife, make sure you watch. My wife this morning said to me, "What are you going to do on the show?" And I said, "You got to watch." And she said, "You're not even going to tell me." And I said, "Nope." I said, "You got to watch." Well, uh, my wife is a fan of the shenanigans, and she's a fan of Nicola, as is anybody who meets her. Yes, obviously. Some Fightful people may, or Fightful viewers, readers, may recognize her from the video blog I did in Toronto. Yes. Where she put down that roast beef. Yes, she did. Yes, put she did. Down. And Nicola is a sweetheart of a girl, too. And this whole, I, I kind of expected, because her and I did not talk beforehand, I kind of expected she was going to say she thought it was set up. Because Breaks my heart. Well, it's because other people I know from Ireland have said that. Uh, and so I thought she might as well. So there you go. So I think that a lot of Irish uh, fans of Conor McGregor have that same opinion. Yeah, and right? it wasn't. It absolutely no. wasn't. He, he did exceptionally well. Yes. Everybody can say, Floyd, let him win the rounds. Uh, hey, Playboys, he was enacting a game plan, yes. and that game plan involved him starting out slow. Gassing out, yes. So Connor had out. he went in there, balls to the wall, if Floyd Mayweather fought – in round one, the way he did in round nine and ten, we may be looking at a different kind of fight. Possible. But Floyd enacted a masterful game plan, and Conor McGregor won those rounds. So absolutely, I think he did exceptionally well, uh, considering he was facing the greatest defensive boxer maybe ever. I mean, the one thing I will say is that Floyd, because Floyd is usually very defensive and he's a counter puncher, he's not usually the aggressor. When he decided in the fifth round to actually be aggressive, he landed pretty much whenever he wanted. 
Yeah. Uh, and I think it showed the skill level between the two. And I, I think that if he had decided, okay, in the third round I'm going to get aggressive, I think he would have put Connor away earlier than the 10th because he landed whenever he wanted. But uh, I agree. I think that his game plan was let him gas out because he kept on saying uh, uh, UFC five-round fights 25 minutes. So he's like, let him gas out. I'm going to kind of ease on things for a little while, and then I'll turn it on later because Floyd is used to 12-round fights. Uh, it was a game, good game plan. I, like I said, I do think that if he had decided to be aggressive earlier, he would have won it earlier because the skill level was far greater uh, on his end. But you can't not Conor McGregor. He did not look like he was outclassed. He didn't look out of place. He landed, what, 111 punches? Yes. Right? So he, I thought he looked, he looked pretty good considering he was an 0-0 boxer. In that fight, but Definitely. he was, but he was clearly outskilled out, out and outclassed by uh, by Mayweather. He impressed a lot of boxers too. That's the thing that I think is kind of funny that the majority of the boxers that I've spoken to and heard speak in the media were impressed, but regular people on the street are acting like he didn't do anything. Like some, some I don't want to generalize, and that that speaks wonders. And there is like an MMA versus boxing type of attitude towards this. Like they want to negate everything that Connor mm-hmm. did. Hey, Connor was not going to win this fight unless no. it was in the first few rounds and by knockout. Yeah. Once those first few rounds happened and there was no knockout, you kind of knew the score. And really, most people knew the score before. Right. Absolutely. Mayweather is so good. We knew. I mean, you and I talked about it last week. It was going to be either a decision or a referee stoppage. And that's what we said. And uh, I will say one thing. Boxing has a reputation of being very uh, dirty. I guess for lack of a better term. And there have been, you know, fixed fights in the past and payoffs and stuff like that. Two things about this fight I couldn't help but question. The first was the referee on the, uh, <laughs> when they were going over the, uh, what do you call it, the, the rules before the fight. And he was steering a hole through Conor McGregor's. So like Floyd wasn't even there. Yeah. And that to me was suspect. It's like the referee was only kind of worried about McGregor. And then the other thing I couldn't help but think was suspect was two of the judges, if I, if I know this correctly, got the numbers right, they gave Conor one round. Yeah, How that was, was that possible? That was inexcusable. I thought that the ref's attitude at the beginning of the fight was inexcusable because that's the type of thing you say right. in the locker room. Now, as the fight wore on, I was like, okay, it's kind of justified because Connor was throwing his arm over like yeah, he's and the hammer fists and yeah, hammer fists and taking yeah. his back. So after that, I was like, okay, that that bad will is gone for me. Plus, I thought the ref did an incredible job of that yeah, fight. He was all right, but 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 how does any judge with two eyes? Give Floyd Mayweather rounds two or three. How is it possible? I'm with you, man. I I definitely gave Conor those rounds because it was not fair at all. Mainly because of inactivity of of Floyd, if anything else. That's what it was, because of inactivity. Because, again, when Floyd decided to be aggressive, he could land whenever he wanted. but But he was inactive. Carlos just commented, our lead boxing writer, and said, but some of the judges, it didn't really surprise me a whole lot that Conor got only one round. And that, that says a lot. That's a, that, also, that basically tells you, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was uh, quite the open to the show, Jimmy. Uh, so I'm glad you liked it. Now, I want to talk a couple more things about the McGregor fight. I want to talk a couple more things. So uh, obviously when you have an event of this magnitude, uh, there's going to be some things, that some bad that go with the good, right, when you have an event with this much money behind it. Variety reports that there were 239 illegal live stream broadcasts on the internet reaching an estimated 2.93 million viewers worldwide. Plus there were an estimated 445,000 internet users who downloaded the video of the fight after it was over, meaning that uh, they lost potentially, because not everybody was going to order the fight, 
but they lost potentially $300 million in pay-per-view revenue. Uh, you knew that was going to happen. You and I spoke about how on Fightful there was a lot of spammers that signed up for the forum. At least it, 35. Yeah. Right. In order to post streaming links. So we knew this was going to happen, but that's a massive number. Then the other thing that came out today that I think is just nonsense. You're always going to have these attorneys that are always looking to put together class action lawsuits because they're looking for an easy, cheap, quick buck, number one. And number two, they're looking to make a name for themselves. There's an attorney named Michael Fuller, and it was reported by The Hollywood Reporter that he uh, is heading up a class action lawsuit against Showtime, claiming that their online streaming service was faulty. One of his clients is some idiot out of Portland, Oregon, named Zach Bartell, uh, a boxing fan, who claims that uh, his online streaming service provided, this is a quote, grainy video, error screens, buffer events, and stalls. Uh, they, haven't, they haven't said, at least from what I read, how many people are in the class action, but they're each looking for damages uh, of $200, uh, in statutory damages or actual damages, whatever is greater. Nonsense. And, and as it is, some of the pay-per-view companies that did have issues, they're refunding the customer. That should be good enough, yeah. right? Like it's... That, that should be good. Yeah, that should be good enough. It, that, you're going to have that, everybody trying to make that quick dollar. As far as the illegal streams go, I can tell you that I don't know why people assume that I'm going to know where they can get illegal streams. Right. Like if they want to know how to order it, I'm your guy. Right. I had at least ten to fifteen people, not not people from that that I know via Fightful, right. people in Fleming County, Mason County, Lewis County, Kentucky, saying, "How can I watch this? Can I watch this on Fire Stick?" And I'm like, "I don't know, guys." Jimmy's not ever like, "Hey, man, expense your your Amazon Fire Stick with Cody app on it." Like that ain't, <laughs> that ain't how we do business here. <laughs> do I'm gonna start doing that? I could save fifty bucks a shot. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure no. that wouldn't cause a, a lapse in coverage. I'd be like, yeah, Conor McGregor looked great until the second round when he got really pixelated. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But these class action attorneys, these guys are just, you know, bottom of the barrel monkeys looking at looking to make a quick buck. And this idiot boxing fan looking to make his $200, like, shut the fuck up, you know? Yeah. I, I hope I hope that the, the judge basically says, you know what, Showtime, just refund these guys. Their, their pay-per-view money and, and you're done because it's just retarded. Um, one more thing before we go to the first video. You talked to a couple of former WWE people today. Yeah, I talked to uh, Mr. Anderson, also known as Mr. Kennedy, Ken Anderson, and Sean Davari, who I spoke to for that Muhammad Hassan piece that really put my career on a different level. And, man, I got I got like an hour with them, talked great stuff about their wrestling school. I can't wait until – our viewers and listen you boy hear about their wrestling school because they take a different approach that a lot of schools don't take that i really like like they're teaching these guys about how to budget how to negotiate their pay how to live on the road in a in a more fri- like a less frivolous manner hmm. and then i talked to them about there was a match in particular that mr kennedy had with with undertaker where there was a fan that just repeatedly screamed kennedy you suck <laughs> So I talked to him about cracking up in the ring, um, yeah. Davari about his Lucha Underground contract and how that worked, uh, his brother in WWE. I talked to them about a ton of stuff, so people will see that on the list and your boy in coming weeks. Very excited about that. Awesome. Uh, why don't we go into our first interview well, of the day? Let me segue. Because I don't know how long to wait because I don't know when you're going to start your segue. That's why I have to cue you up. Damn, man. Let's go. Damn, man. Really? 
Don't make me uh, That's ask Oliver. Your, ask your. Oh, this is Oliver. It's Oliver. I got to write that on the back of this so I remember. So don't don't make me ask Oliver to do a segue because he's my crony. He's my crony. I could probably teach him how to do a segue. I have no problem doing that if I have to do it. I spoke so. to Matt Riddle. It was the weekend after his Ishii match, and it was the first weekend he had taken off from Evolve in quite a while. And we discussed about we discussed his employment with Evolve as opposed to New Japan or WWE. Take a listen. Digging holes, digging holes, <laughs> digging holes. <laughs> the guy's got it. He still got it. Do you get the feeling that WWE still wants you within their grasp? Because let's be honest, that's the reason you're working for Evolve right now instead of for Ring of Honor New Japan. Yeah, well, I I think that's part of it. You know, I think part of it's I, I like Gabe and, you know, I like the vision they have for me. I like Evolve. I like the schedule I have. Things work pretty good for me, you know. They give me... You know, they allowed me to take a match with Ishii, you know, this past weekend, which is, you know, a big deal because, you know, I that's the first yeah. Evolve weekend I missed in two years almost or a year and a half or whatever. So it's, uh, you know, they, you what, know, they're good to me. What kind of, like, how, how did you approach that situation where you just like, hey, Gabe, I know that you got – all no. shows coming up, and I really want this match in particular. What basically happened was I got the evolved dates, but before I even got the evolved dates, uh, Andy from Red Pro said, "Hey, I got a matchup for you with Ishi. I don't know the exact date, but do you want the match?" And I was like, "I'll take it, no matter what." Blah blah blah. Well, they just so happened to fall on the same exact dates, you know. And it, like, happened, like, a week apart. Like, Evolve announced their dates, and I knew about it probably, like, two, three weeks before. And then, like, Rev Pro told me their dates and then announced it, like, a couple of days. And before I even noticed, because I was so busy, I was like, oh, man, double booked myself. And then Gabe was cool enough to, you know, let me work it. You double – when would Matt Riddle ever double book himself? Hey, it's not like I do it on purpose. And, you know, I, I make good. I make good with it, you know. If if there is one criticism of you that's generally it, how does that make you feel when people, like, kind of bring that up? Uh, You know, I think it, it's not even that – it, it, it just happens. I know that's a shitty, but it's just like, but like when you're taking bookings all the time and then when you tell, I'll tell people, I'm not sure, like, let me check. And, you know, they're persistent and everything. Like even right now, I got a lot of people asking me if I'm free certain dates in September and especially in October and even November, like I, I'm getting dates all the time, and I'm still waiting on dates from Evolve and stuff like that. So, and a lot of the dates are in like Europe, and I got to make sure, like, if I take a date in New Jersey, I can't be in Europe that week. And you know, it's it's a back and forth kind of thing. I know that you had the the issue with AIW. Are there any promoters that you're on like poor terms with? I would say, and I'm not, 
And it's my bad. It's my fault completely. I'd say the one promotion I'm probably on bad terms with right now would be Wrestle Circus. What happened there? I I thought I was not booked for a show, and they asked me like six times, like every form of media. You know, they're they're just being persistent, and I said yes, I'm free. And then, like, the next day I realized I wasn't, and I was like, oh, wait, sorry, I'm not. And then they were like, well, why would you tell us that? And I was like, well, I just realized, you know, because I didn't have the dates yet, you know. And then, uh, yeah, and that's – I haven't heard back from them. So, but that, that'll has, happen. That'll happen. Have situations like that ever made you consider getting management or an agent or anything like that? Well, it really, it really doesn't happen often. It really doesn't happen often. You know, like for the amount of times I wrestle for the uh, lack of miscommunications there are, you know, it's pretty decent. There's a quote that, that, that I saw where you said you don't think WWE might be ready for you. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, well, and not even that, not ready for me. I feel like they have a lot going on. They have a lot of talent, you know. And uh, I think they, I don't think, it's not even that they're not ready for me. I don't think they need me at the moment. I think I just. Creating, they're creating like 205 Live. They, they don't get everybody on their shows every week, as is. You know, exactly. You know, and they got. And they got all the brands and everything else. So I just feel like right now there's just too much going on. If I got added into the mix, it would be really hard to, like, really stick. And we're back. Oh, boy. What's up, you guys? Duty! (laughs) It's trash. How dare you? Are you proud of yourself? You look real proud of yourself. Is this your birthday or my birthday? Uh, it might be a little bit of both, to be it honest with you. Like it. it might be a little bit of both. These are uh, quite entertaining, I gotta say. And they really went above and beyond. And where's the other soda? Yeah, we got this one right here. Then there's another one uh, right over here. Somebody made an SRS soundboard. Uh, I remember I told you, I talked to Sean about that one time. I told Sean I should get a thing, and then when I press a button, it'll be like, you know, how dare you? What's up, you guys? Your boy! I haven't busted out a lot of those in a while, and when I say that, I mean, busted out in a while. There you go. What's that, Nigel? They said you didn't make any dick jokes when you had the mask on. Uh, that's too easy. Hey, I only make those jokes on the chat when people step out of line. You do it almost every week on the show. Okay, on on your Toronto blog, when you were waiting for me to get back to the office, you called Ellsworth Moosey. Yeah? Yeah, that's what he did. So So, you make a a point every single week to somehow get genitalia into the the equation. Somehow. So uh, positive news for Ric Flair. His fiance Wendy Barlow, posted on Facebook, said he's going to begin uh, physical therapy shortly. He's awake. He's out of bed. Cutting promos, apparently, on the nurses. Good on Ric Flair, man, that he's uh, – he's uh, looks like he's going to do all right. 
Very glad to hear that. Also, Charlotte was back on the road with WWE, wrestled last night in a dark match. Good news. Great yeah, news. Good for Very her. happy. Now we got to talk about the promo. Yeah, but before that, I'm going to unleash this one on you. Yeah. Dana White is indicating, this is very early, around 6.5 million buys. Really? That would smash the record by like 2 million. Wouldn't even be close, yeah. Impressive. If but that yeah, holds the, up, good for the, I mean, if that holds up, Floyd's probably going to get close to 400 million. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. And Connor probably 150. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That If they got 6.5 million? Yeah. Impressive. Good for him. You know, good for Conor McGregor if they do it, man. Good for him. That guy is self-made. He is. He, he really had, is. He understood how... He understood what we've talked about so many times is you got to be entertaining. You can't just be a good fighter. you got to be entertaining. And uh, he figured that out. Good for him. He deserves all the success and money that he, he can He sure get. does. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the promo on Raw. Roman Reigns, John Cena. Hell of a promo, man. I tweeted on Monday night, and you know that I only tweet like a couple times a week, and I tweeted on Monday night, work shoot promos are what work in the era of savvy wrestling fans. Thanks, WWE, for not insulting your fans for once. What did you think of that promo on Monday? Well, there are some that are saying that it was scripted. It was not scripted to that degree. I've, I've been told that, like, 100% not scripted to that degree. Reigns got a little stifled there on occasion, but I thought that, that he held up pretty well. They... You can tell that it's some of the things that Miz had said before, and like I thought that a lot of the things that the two had said, like that Reigns had said and Miz had said, held a little more power when a guy like the Miz said it because the Miz has been kept at this lower level. Roman Reigns has not. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns is the very obvious successor. Yes. And well, John's. Yeah. yeah, I think that I'm I'm a big fan of Roman Reigns' work. I think that them limiting him on promos to about a minute, maybe exceptional move yes it's went a long way in his character and virtually everything since february i have enjoyed in the ring and uh, outside the ring i thought that he's he's been doing an excellent job i think he's much closer to where they want him to be than he has ever been i don't think you should have to carry a 15 and 20 minute promo if you're that guy just look at braun braun's ready to to be a top guy and he doesn't mm-hmm. he can't carry a three minute promo look at yokozuna Yokozuna fit never very said a well. word, never said a word, and he was probably the hottest guy of the, of the early nineties. And then know? when he did, then when he did, and then it was all downhill from there. Basically, I was like ten years old, and I was like, "What? He doesn't have an accent. What's going on? Here? <laughs> What's going on here?" So let me. I want to say this with the Cena promo. So first off, Cena's getting a lot of heat for something that he said. Uh, he said, uh, in terms of getting over, he said, uh, "The fans hold the keys. They always have. They always will." And I thought that was a corporate, uh, corporate shill type of thing to say. There's only two guys I can think of that would ever say that. One is John Cena and the other is Triple H. Because Triple H has said that when he had that story with Punk a few years ago. He said the exact same thing. And we know that's utter nonsense. The fans do not hold the keys. The I fans... must have missed that Zack Ryder main event push a few years ago. Huh? Right? Remember? Do you remember a few years ago Cesaro was the hottest guy on, at Mania when he dumped the big show and they killed him? Bray Wyatt, when he was at his hottest, cut the legs out from underneath him. It's utter nonsense, and I think that most wrestling fans... One of the reasons I like this promo, as I as I tweeted about on Monday, wrestling fans this day and age are very informed. And they're very educated. They read the internet. They know what's going on behind the scenes. One of the reasons why I don't like it when they do storylines uh, that are just, to me, an, an insult 
It's because wrestling fans know what's going on. When you try to portray Jason Jordan as Kurt Angle's son, everybody knows it's bullshit. That might have worked in uh, 87. It doesn't work in, in 2017. And uh, so to do a workshop promo like that, that's what people appreciate because people hear about the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, I questioned why they would put Roman Reigns in that position because there's really nobody on the roster, including The Miz, there's nobody on the roster that can go toe-to-toe with John Cena in a promo. Even The Rock when he came back, and The Rock obviously is upper tier, The Rock struggled when he was doing promo segments with Cena to the point that he wrote stuff on his arm uh, yeah. and, that, and that's The Rock, right? So I, I questioned when I, when I was watching this, this segment, Roman Reigns is the guy you've been building for three years. He's been the guy that's supposed to be the heir apparent. You put him in three WrestleMania main events. Why would you feed him to the Wolves and put him in a segment with Cena where he's going to get eaten alive? And that's exactly what happened. And you know that even though it wasn't scripted word for word, clearly they were given direction and they were given the freedom, right? As soon as Roman stumbled over his words, Cena was on him like a hawk. And, and I was just thinking, why would you do that? If this is a guy that you're trying to build, why would you make him look inferior, which is exactly how he came across? He came across like a second-rate John Cena at the end of that segment. And I think that John Cena facilitated a lot of that. I think he made both of them look bad. I think he made Roman Reigns look bad, and then I think he made himself look bad, especially after the way he came and showed up and acted towards The Miz last week. I the agree. Miz showed up the, the Miz showed up there and got a giant pop right. for saying something that a lot of people agreed with, and John Cena treated it like a joke. Right. And like I said the night before, when John Cena rolled out of the ring and put that uh, cowboy hat on when yeah. he was facing Baron Corbin, he was telling the crowd and the world, don't treat this very seriously because I'm not going to either. This guy isn't worth it. That, yep. that's, that's how I got and I, I also thought for Cena, the way that he looked Roman up and down, like he wasn't impressed, you know, when he had that look on his face. Uh, Roman is the full-time guy that's man-eventing all the shows while Cena's kind of coming and going. And the fact of the matter is, if you want to talk about schedules, Cena's schedule is far superior to Roman's just because he's not doing the WWE shows. He keeps a hell of a schedule with all of his PR, but he's not going to talk about that on television because the fans don't really care about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was very entertaining. I hope they do more of it. But Roman's got to be, like you said, they have to nurture him better. They have to cut down on the time because, quite frankly, he can't keep up with John Cena in, in a promo segment. And he was, I, I thought Cena ate his lunch. And if they continue doing that every week, I think Roman's going to come out the worst for it. I assume he's going to win at No Mercy. Uh, but uh, he's really, he got, I thought he got whipped in that promo. But it was very entertaining. He had a, he had a couple of good lines. But, yeah, uh, in... My big fear is that while there, it seems like the plan is still, it seems like the plan is still Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar at Mania. If that's for the title, I think that's a bad idea, unless they get Brock Lesnar re-signed long term. Because as I've said before, we know what an unmotivated Brock Lesnar looks like, right. and that's not a good thing. Right. Also, I fear that if they do that they might be doing Braun Strowman versus John Cena, and I don't think John Cena ever needs to beat Braun Strowman. Right. Ever. Right. Now, uh, so No Mercy now has got a pretty massive double main event. Uh, yeah, it does. Brock and Braun, Cena and, and Roman. Uh, I asked you that, this question last week. Do you think it's too soon to do matches of this magnitude, or do you think in this post-pay-per-view era it doesn't really matter? And here's something else I was thinking of this morning, and I would like to talk to Brandon Howard about this. Do you think that network subscriptions are down because they haven't released the more recent ones? They only did the last quarter. Do you think that they are down compared to the same time last year 
and they're doing this because the quarter's coming to an end and they want to pop the number? Actually, that's going to be September, so that's, uh, yeah, that's still this yeah. quarter. That's still this quarter. Yeah, uh, possibly. Uh, I think WrestleMania sells itself. I think the Royal Rumble sells itself. Right. Survivor Series, not as much. I'm sure they'll have something interesting planned there. Maybe. <laughs> oh, God, I can just see it now. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, right. and John Cena against two. Right. Against maybe Braun, Brock, Samoa Joe. Actually, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it could be. Wow. Uh, they probably put a tag team in there. It's probably like Cesaro and Sheamus or something. Yeah. I'm just saying those big three <sighs> beefy sons of bitches against The Shield and John Cena. Yeah. I'll take that as a Survivor Series main event. Yeah. I'll, you th- give me that, and I'll, I'll be happy. Yeah. yeah. Also, I could see them angling towards, because as I mentioned this week, at this point, John Cena and Roman Reigns are like the top-ranked tag team right. that aren't champions. Right. So if you throw, decide to throw them against D, uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins on a pay-per-view for the tag titles, that's something that could grab some eyeballs too. I like that they're doing first-time matchups on pay-per-view, though. I don't want to see John Cena face Roman Reigns before a pay-per-view. Agreed. I, I would have imagined that it would have happened at WrestleMania, but you know what? You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know what, boo, I don't want them at no mercy either. This is two big first-time matches at at, at no mercy and uh, baby steps. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, I would love to know what the subscriber count looks like because that's the first thing I thought of is that the numbers are down year over year and that they're hot-shotting to try to get the number up. So uh, we'll see. So we got to talk about the sexy star Rosemary situation. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people might not be familiar with this stuff, but it's a very interesting story. So... Uh, last weekend, there's a obviously one of the big promotions in Mexico is called AAA. They did their Triple Mania pay-per-view, which is their big show. There was a four-way women's match featured, featuring a sexy star, Rosemary, who is in uh, Global Force Wrestling, Hamada, who used to be in TNA, and Lady Shani. And the match ended with sexy star putting a legit arm bar, like a shoot arm bar, on Rosemary. They thought that she might have broken her arm. Uh, as it turned out, it wasn't a, a serious injury. I think it was a uh, strained bicep. Um, but there's been a lot of repercussions to this. Some promotions now are blacklisting Sexy Star from their shows. And Cody Rhodes went as far as to post on Twitter, Sexy Star will never set foot in one of my locker rooms. I hope others follow suit. 
What do you know about this? I, 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 I saw part of the match, and Sexy Star and Lady Shawnee, they seemed to get into it early in the match, but what do you know about why she did that? Basically out of aggression from what had happened earlier. Now, there, there's still a lot of red flags. Like, I've talked to a lot of people about this. Carlos reached out to Sexy Star, and Sexy Star said that uh, she doesn't know if she'll ever want to talk about this, but she's taking a rest for a few days because of the situation. She was removed from WrestleCade and replaced by Rosemary. I thought it was suspicious the way that at about the same time, like the entire Global Force locker room commented about it. Generally, when that happens, it is a memo or or a storyline or a mandate. I can't say for sure either way. And the issue with that is, it's AAA. AAA loves to do stuff like that. Like the the Taya and, and John Morrison thing. They tied that into a an angle with Vampiro and John Johnny Mundo Johnny Impact whatever the hell you want to call them today. I so will there, say there's one thing. There's still a lot of there's still a lot of haziness around this. I will say one thing, and I am not a uh, an MMA specialist, so I could be wrong. But when she had the armbar on, especially after Rosemary tapped, she kept on going up and down with the arm. Mm-hmm. And in in MMA, when they do the armbar, they don't go up and down; they're like pulling on it. And yeah. I I, I saw that. Thumb. Yeah, I saw that, and I thought to myself, is it a worked armbar because she was going up and down like that? And the quality um, was so bad, I couldn't really tell. Like, I'm right. sitting there watching to see if she's got the elbow extended, if she's controlling the thumb, because that's a big part. A lot of people think you can just figure four and then yank it, but you really got to control the thumb to, to make that armbar work. Sexy Star has had problems with a lot of different companies, and she's had some ego problems. Mm. And she's had her foot out the door for a while because she wanted to be a boxer. But I guess we're going to find out. I guess we're going to find out. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting story. So uh, who was it on the chat that said, how come Jimmy didn't talk about uh, male genitalia when we did our little intro and opener? Who, who said that? On what? Remember on you said, chat? didn't you say that somebody said, uh, how come Jimmy didn't mention penises? I think that was electric funk. Electric funk. Okay. Sounds like him. So electric funk will appreciate this then. So um, as Sean knows... We have uh, shifted our strategy when it comes to marketing at FIFO.com. Yeah. It Worked used, pretty well. It's, it is actually going very well. So what we were doing was we were doing paid media, which is what my main core business does. Uh, and we were spending thousands of bucks a day on Facebook and Google and all this stuff. We discovered that that just wasn't working. Users are too familiar with ads. They're desensitized by them. Uh, wasn't working. So what we did was we have now gone into SEO. We've drastically scaled back on our paid media putting that money into SEO, and we're seeing the results. Our traffic is up, and yet our, our paid media is down. And uh, I got an interesting stat today, and Sean already uh, teased it on Twitter. So <laughs> we were looking at what are the top keywords that's driving traffic to Fightful.com from Google. And uh, over the last three months, there are two specific keywords that have seen an increase in traffic to the tune of 84.3%, meaning that over the last three months, these keywords have been searched for 84% more of the time, leading to a click on Fightful.com. The first of those keywords is AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns Extreme Rules, which I guess is understandable. Even though Extreme Rules is in the past, I guess it's understandable. Yeah. The other one is, go ahead and say it, Sean. John Cena's penis? John Cena's dick. Oh, even more, even more explicit. <laughs> That, that's quite the thing to, on your birthday, walk over to your computer and see a, a message from Melissa about. Yeah, as opposed to seeing it from a friend or family member. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I at least have to answer to it when it's Melissa. Which is what Sean does every other day, Nigel. That's where I was going with that. Right, right. Yeah, he got that. Yeah. So can you believe that there are people searching for the keyword John Cena's dick that is sending, like, a bunch of traffic to Fightful.com? Oh, oh, hell yeah, I can. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Kevin Owens Nudes was one of our tops at one point. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It's very interesting. So, um... How's our time look today? What is what is your favorite John Cena penis moment? I don't need the only one I know of is Trainwreck. Yeah, that's the only one I know of too. What else is there? I think that's it. Although uh, Alex is off the track uh, with a train articles, as Melissa said, are the gift to keep on giving because they stay relevant. That's right. That is true. So shout outs to uh, associate editor Alex Palowski for that one. I think his piece of the Mark Henry thing that was Alex's, wasn't it? Yeah. And it just showed up on Reddit yesterday, and it was from Mark June. Henry's piece is not Alex's. <laughs> but um, bum. So uh, on that note, let's go to stupid people, Nigel. All right. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would. I couldn't hear it this time. Yeah. Okay. So first off, uh, once again, kudos to Trevor Strong, trevorstrong.org, for the usage of the stupid song. I'm always looking for good ones for you, Sean. And uh, I got a couple good ones for you this week. So uh, I want to say first, for for anybody that might be new to the show and you might be wondering, why are you guys doing a stupid people segment in the middle of a wrestling podcast? This used to be a segment about WWE's weekly excessive usage of stupid nicknames. Uh, that segment ran its course because they just won't give it up, and so we segued into a Stupid People segment instead. Uh, next week, though, we do have Gisberto Guzzo counting the number of oh on oh. SmackDown. Okay, okay. We'll put Shout that in. to him for that. There you go. So this first one came out on August 22nd, uh, reported by KRCR Channel 7 News in Redding, California. This one is unbelievable. Uh, they reported that there are people that are getting treatment for blurred or impaired vision because they put sunscreen on their eyeballs in order to watch the solar eclipse without protective glasses. So there's always that person. People, who Sean. Is like People. There's always those people who are like, you know what, I can deal with this. I can handle this. In my case, it's our president. So <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I told not, you. Hey, no political commentary. Political. I'm just saying. He was that guy that was like, I can handle it. And there you go. I saw a person, if you want to talk about stupid people, a person that I did, well, I still like him, but I'm just not listening to his opinions anymore. He tried to act like the eclipse was like a conspiracy. Okay. Like it wasn't real. Yeah. And stared at the sun and was like, well, we'll see if I'm blind tomorrow. What? Now, there's no way he could have stared at it very long because yeah. it doesn't matter if there's an eclipse or not. It's just... Don't stare at the goddamn sun. Yeah. That's all yeah. It, is. it doesn't have much to do with the eclipse. It's don't stare at the goddamn sun. Right, right. Well, <laughs> staring at the sun is one thing. Putting, putting sunscreen on your eyeballs first. That's, that's something else. Are so, they blind? Uh, well, they're Ever. getting treatment for blurred or impaired vision because of what the sunscreen did to their eyeball as opposed to the solar eclipse. <laughs> ah. So... Good for them. So that's that's the first one. The second one, uh, it was reported August 28th by the Great Falls Tribune in Great Falls, Montana. 
that a 33-year-old local woman named Marjorie Ann Dayrider called 911 to report that the meth she was ingesting was of poor quality and had induced a reaction that she doesn't normally get. You know who she should have called to take her to the hospital? Who's that? Knight Rider. Knight Rider. Get it because of her Yeah, name. I'm with you. That's good, Sean. Good one. So uh, she was charged with criminal possession of dangerous drugs, which is a felony. And if convicted, she could be sentenced to five years in state prison and fined $5,000. Do you want to hear a story about a time I, my car got tested for drugs? Um, if, I say think- no, if I say no, can we move on? Sure. Go ahead. Tell me the story. For some reason, I had a pack of powdered soap in my car. Why? I don't know. It was like a detergent pack. You just take it, you throw it in, and I think I was moving stuff. It exploded in my car. It got ripped open. It got caught on something and popped. I get pulled over. I'm sitting there for about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes while they call in drug dogs, while they call in, yeah, and they, they test and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, that was a that was a bad night. Did the little blue dots in the detergent not tell them this might not be cocaine? It was it was it was it was straight white powder, <laughs> straight white powder. And it didn't smell like detergent to them. Um, it had to. I think they were just fucking with me at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. So let me ask you this question, and I know that Nigel's going to know this one because of his trig tent work. Do you know what a SJW is, Sean? Of course I do. Me and Anna and Alex and Jeff, virtually anybody who has a a glimmer of compassion about any subject at all has been called one. Okay. Uh, so it's a social justice warrior. Mm-hmm. And for anybody that's not familiar, it's a person that uh, claims to believe in or fight for any kind of right or movement or something, when in reality they're just trying to put themselves over and bring attention onto themselves. That's a social justice warrior. This next story, this next stupid people story, I want to know from Sean and from Nigel, because you're the trig tent guy, if you think this guy is a stupid SJW or just stupid. Because he's clearly stupid, but I want to know, is he a stupid SJW or just stupid? Okay? So August 28, it was reported by the Denver Post, 26-year-old Joshua Witt claimed that he was stabbed in the hand by a man that accused him of being a neo-Nazi. Right? He posted on social media pictures of his injured hand. Uh, saying, hey, I was accused of being a neo-Nazi and this is what he did to me. The police got involved and I'm not sure if he called the police or if they saw the posting and and reached out to him but whatever it was, the police reached out to him. Um, The police became suspicious because they reviewed surveillance footage from the area where he was and they didn't see anybody uh, running from the scene. So then they looked at other video from surrounding areas and they found a video from a nearby sporting goods store that showed this guy buying a small knife. Turns out he cut himself. Yep, I've seen, I've seen this story. Okay. Uh, that ain't a social justice warrior either way. He's just an idiot. He's just an idiot. Yeah, I mean that's. What do you think, that's Nigel? Him, that's him. Try, that's him trying to form a narrative that that a person who would be protesting against neo Nazis would come and stab him. Like assuming he's he's just trying to perpetuate a stereotype or put some shitty narrative out there well, that's, that's exactly why i think it is though because he's he's doing it for political reasons and as soon as trump got elected there were tons and tons of hoaxes that came out as well as just overreactions to anybody who looked a certain way if you go on trick tank you go a few months back there's this same sort of incident that happened not not as violently but there's guys outside of a rally and they start calling this guy a skinhead it turns out he has alopecia oh really yeah, yeah. 
I don't. I mean, I don't know if uh, I don't know if he was trying to make a political statement or whatever you just said. I think he was just using it for his own personal gain, which is why I do think yeah. that he was a social justice I, warrior. I think that but, had more to do with it, but I, I just don't think that fits the description. Right. Right. All right. So uh, I want to tell a couple of unfortunate stories. One especially is unfortunate, and I want to tell this because I want to get across that once again, pro wrestling. Yes, it's choreographed yes it's predetermined yes the guys are not really fighting but pro wrestling is can still be a very dangerous activity the injuries are very real uh if you're uh if you're not safe or if you're not properly trained and there's a couple stories one in particular that uh that are indicative of this so it was reported by fox 25 news in oklahoma city today which is august 30th 25 year old william ogletree has died after being critically injured in an unsanctioned match last Sunday at the Blue Note Lounge in Oklahoma City. It was promoted by a, a company called Blow, which is uh, Baltazar's Ladies of Wrestling. Um, and in the state of Oklahoma, you required a license by the Athletic Commission in order to run a show. They were not licensed, so it was unsanctioned. And this Ogle Tree was new to wrestling. He had little to no training. I think it was his first ever match. Uh, and he uh, suffered a brain injury taking a spine buster. Uh, and passed away today. So I, I want to bring this up because, again, I've, I've, I've been involved with the independents. Uh, I have seen guys have their first match after just, like, you know, a couple weeks of training, and it's not a joke. It's not a joke if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know how to take a bump properly. You know, you, you could get seriously injured, as this guy did. The other story I want to talk about, and you and I were kind of joking about it a little bit, Sean. Uh, there was a show on July 1st in Memphis promoted by the IWA Mid-South called The Last Battle of Memphis. And there was a kid on that show named Marcus Everett. And what kind of bothers me about this, not just that it happened, but the fact that he is now using it to try to get attention, to bring attention onto himself. So this kid was on the show. Uh, he had only been wrestling since February. I think he'd only had 15 or 20 matches, which is not a lot. Uh, he went up on some scaffolding. What do you think? He was probably 20 feet in the air, maybe? Maybe 15 feet in the air? Uh. And his opponent was laying on a table, and he was going to jump off the scaffolding and drop an elbow, and he overshot the table and hit the floor, the concrete floor. Yeah. Shattered his elbow. Uh, and the first thing that I guess I have a problem with is, you know the mentality in wrestling is keep going if you're hurt, right? Keep yes. going if you're hurt. This kid got up, finished the match, and when you look at how small that show was, you look at the crowd that was there, he probably got 20 bucks for that yeah. match. And so he risked further potentially permanent damage by continuing with the match. That's the first thing. Second thing is, what are you doing jumping off scaffolding through a table when you've had 20 matches in your career? Are you an idiot? That's number two. And number three, he's now doing podcasts, uh, and he's posting on social media, and he's using this to draw attention onto himself. I saw him post on Twitter, hey, I did this podcast, and I didn't even shatter my elbow. And I think to myself, what are you trying to accomplish out of that? You are, you are green. You are not properly trained. You are doing a spot you shouldn't have done for no money. What kind of, what kind of lesson are we teaching guys that are trying to get into the business? Right? I think maybe he grew up and saw how some people made their names. He saw maybe footage of Mick Foley jumping off of his house and was like, this is how I get it done. No, no. They're, they're not going to hire you. Either they're going to hire you because you can work or they're right. going to hire you because they think you can work eventually. Right. That probably waves a red flag and says, 
I ain't doing that. I was surprised when Sarah Logan, who was Crazy Mary Dobson on the Indies, got signed because she had done some death matches before then, and the, the hint was kind of thrown out there, hey, girls, you want to get hired? Don't do that shit anymore. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if it was me, I mean, I, you know, he's green, and so it's probably just inexperience and a little bit of stupidity, too, but I would not be boasting about blowing a spot like that. Like, oh, how I was that either. How was that going to benefit me, and how is that going to get me bookings outside of that one promotion? Because he's only ever worked for that one promotion. Because I, I, I assume he's from Memphis. So how are you ever going to get promo, uh, bookings when you're when you're showing stuff like that? At, and if he had whatever. under twenty matches, he may have been working for free for all we know. Very possible. Yeah, very possible. Um, so speaking of injuries and stuff like that, we got more injuries, man. Yeah, guys, always. Always stay tuned to the Fightful.com injury report that we keep going. There aren't any other websites that do that, so uh, definitely check that for constant updates. But Xavier Woods strained or sprained his MCL. He'll be out for anywhere between one to four weeks, so he says. And Samoa Joe tweaked his knee, looking like four weeks. I'll ask you this, Jimmy. Do you think he's back in time for no mercy, or do you think they have him sit that that one out? Uh, Let me see. Today's the 30th, and that's on the 24th. Uh, best case of running. Be a good idea. Yeah. Hey, that's a good way to get a non-finish out of Samoa Joe or Roman Reigns and John Cena. Especially if they are thinking Survivor Series. Yeah. Have him do a run-in. I mean, Xavier Woods, with that knee injury, he was on SmackDown Live in a knee brace. He didn't mm-hmm. wrestle, but he was there in a knee brace. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if Joe's prognosis is four weeks and the show's about four weeks away, they could, they could do something. I'm telling you, now I want that Shield and John Cena versus Strowman... Joe Lesnar and Pelvis Wesley. That's who I went the fourth man to be. Awesome, Pelvis awesome. Wesley. Pelvis Wesley, and uh, some Oscar news, or uh, as Kurt Angle says, Asuka. Yeah, she. Uh, it was reported by Ryan Satin that uh, Asuka is scheduled to debut on the Raw brand at the TLC pay per view on October twenty second in Minneapolis. I think uh, that was by James McKenna, wasn't it? I think Satin reported it first. Okay, I think. So, uh, what do you think? A program with Alexa Bliss? You think that's where they're going to go? Oh, man. I, w- I can't wait. If they do that, Alexa Bliss and her facial expressions as it pertains to Asuka, right. that's going to be some money right there. Do Asuka you think... Has- sorry, I was going to say, do you think they're going to put the title on Nia, fir- Nia Jax first and then have Asuka battle her instead? I would be cool with that. That would make a pretty big impression to Raw viewers if she stepped in and... Like, I don't think just beat Nia Jax. Right. I think she should beat the living shit out of Nia Jax. Right. She should uh, put the pain on Nia Jax. You have to keep (laughs) Asuka as strong as you possibly can. She is a phenomenon. And when she was hired, it was the Ty Dillinger situation. They never had plans to really bring her up. There were never – they wanted her – not necessarily a player coach like they expected out of Ty Dillinger, but one of those, like – It'll be a trial by by fire, and these girls will have to get better because Asuka will make them better. Right. And she was so good that she forced WWE's hand. Right, right. You know what she reminds me of? She reminds me of, uh, uh, oh, man, the name escapes me all of a sudden now. Uh, Guy from the 80s, Japanese guy that had the two personas. Uh, Muda? Muda. She reminds me of the great Muda. Yeah. She's she's great. She is fantastic. She gets it. I, it's, there are some things she does that are kind of corny, like her her body language and promos are kind of corny and stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
But uh, otherwise, I think she is unbelievable. I, I think, think she's so great. I think they have something special in that. What do you think happens to the NXT title? Because if I were them, I'd put it on the winner of the Mae Young uh, tournament. That's not a bad idea. It, it seems like they're getting behind uh, uh, Shina, it looks like. But Ember Moon also. Ember Moon was Get, looking strong. Getting behind who? Uh, Basler. Oh, Shayna. Shayna, yeah. yeah. It looks like they're getting behind her. But they could utilize the, the broken collarbone in order to get over Ember Moon, right? Um, I would. I would utilize that. It's it's far enough in where I can give a, a few spoilers. Like, I mentioned I didn't see what a lot of people saw in Jazzy, uh, the, the giant uh, European girl on there. I would have had her make it a couple rounds more than had Baszler beat her real quick if you want to establish her. But uh, Shayna Baszler was in Hawaii this weekend along with Jessamyn Duke and uh, Marina Shafir for the wedding of Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown. So congratulations to them. Yeah, I saw some of the photos. What an interesting... Ronda was looking in good shape. Yeah, she does look good. She looks good. She looks like somebody that's ready to take a few bumps. Yeah, she sure does. Looks <laughs> like a girl who's already taken a few bumps. Already taken a few. Maybe taken a suplex or two. Yeah. So um, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh-huh. I, want to, I want to talk about Shinsuke Nakamura. I am a big fan of Shinsuke Nakamura. I uh, have been since he came in. Uh, we've talked about him on the show. He's got a presence about him. He's got a charisma about him. His entrance is arguably the greatest in the company right now. Uh, it looks like they're going to give him another shot at Jinder. And it looks like to get there, they're going to put him over Randy Orton. Very much like how they put him over John Cena. Um, what do you think? I mean, it, I, there's no conceivable way that Orton wins on SmackDown next week because he's already had a trilogy of pay-per-view matches with Jinder. So it wouldn't make any sense. They bombed. Yeah, Shinsuke's got to win that match. Do you think they give him the title run this time? What do you think? I hope so, and I ugh, I don't know how I feel about an Orton match next week because in, it depends on how motivated either man is at the given time because like there are some moves I saw from Shinsuke Nakamura, and I look at them and I'm like, well, either you were told to perform it that way or you're trying to save yourself for something. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'd feel about that Nakamura against an unmotivated Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. You don't know what week to week. More often than not, it's unmotivated Randy Orton, so I don't know how I'll feel about that. But unmotivated Shinsuke Nakamura seems to be better than whatever Jinder Mahal is right now. Absolutely. Outside of the Singh brothers. The Singh brothers are pure gold. They are hilarious. The kissing of the feet yesterday on SmackDown was brilliant. I never thought that I never got to see this this side of the Bollywood boys and I used to see them come out and they were so corny mm-hmm. and so bad and yeah, now the, they're funny. They're hilarious. But even though they're funny and hilarious, do you want to see Jinder beat Shinsuke again due to their blatant interference again? No, absolutely not. Do we want to see that finish ever again? Never. Never again. I agree. I agree. Uh okay, Sean, you want to do your little segue? Oh god damn. You just need I, to give me a time cue. Uh, well, the problem is, is that whatever what our typical time cues are, we always end up missing the mark. So I well, have what to just like throw to do it out there. Is you like to cut to the chase, <laughs> kind of like our friend. Kudos. Hey. Kudos. <laughs> so high five. There was an interview you were part of a couple months ago. You got pretty upset it seemed like uh the interviewer i think it was dan lebitard tried to maybe oh, bait you into smearing I'm not, people i'm not even gonna put that asshole over 
I mean, he is such an asshole. I don't, you know, people try to uh, occasionally get, get under your skin, try to react. And I wasn't even doing that when he was saying what he was saying. Because he, he, um, he started, and when he started, I was like, dude, do you know who you're talking to? And like, I'm like, I'm positively paid, dude. I'm not going to go there. But what he was doing, he would hit, you know who you're talking to? And then he, you know, hit the, you know, the, the mute button. And then he just talk over me. And that, I never do interviews with shock jocks unless I'm right there. Like I won't do one with Mad Cow. And Mad Cow and I today are good buddies. But I was good buddies with him too when he started really screwing with me one day. And man, I got really pissed. So I wouldn't do his show for years. And then he finally like reached out, like, come on, bro, you know, you know, I'm you know, blah, 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 blah. And so, okay, I'll do it. And I reluctantly went, I was in Chicago, I went to his show, and Piper was with me, you know, and Piper, you know, we we weren't together, but we ran into each other. So Roddy's gonna go out first and I'm gonna come out second. And you know. He had, they had a great time, Piper and Man Cow. And then I came out. We were having a good time. And then he starts busting my balls. Now, it isn't just the radio. There's a camera from CBS because he had the, the local station that filmed the show live. And I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you've been blowing Piper the last, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> they're like, what, you got a problem with that? You mean you tell me you got a problem with me telling you that you're blowing Piper? No, whoa, 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 whoa. I go, Cal, keep talking like that, and I'll do whatever I want over here too. One of, I think, the most iconic moments in WCW history, obviously when you hit the diamond cutter on Hall and Nash, but something that always interested me is right before that, you had a match with, I think, Mark Starr. And the way that the diamond cutter was taken, it looked like you were a little upset after that. Oh, that's funny. You know, I actually had Austin look at that because they were letting me pick whatever I wanted for, you know, for the very best of Nitro. I had a lot of influence and anything I want to put of myself in there. I go, no, I don't want that. You know, okay, I like that. And that's the moment right before the NWO comes out. And I've had some great matches with Mark, you know, because uh, I would always give him a hell of a match, even though I knew I was going over. You know, I want I want to make him. But that night, they took us from 12 minutes to 10 minutes to eight minutes. By the time we're ready to go out there, four minutes. And I was so mad because I want to go out and have a match with Mark. And Kev's like, you know, Terry Terry tells me, and, man, I crack. I was like, Kev. What the fuck? And I just went off. Four minutes. He's like, Dally, what do you always tell me to do? I go, what do I always tell you? Breathe. He's like, just breathe, man. He goes, what are they going to do? Cut us short? This is the angle. You know, and uh, he goes, go out there, man. Just beat them, bro. Tell them we got to go home fast and beat them. See you out there. This is your night. And I went out there and told Mark got to go. And and he knew the spot, so I don't I, – I, I don't – I think he just was improv. I don't know what he was doing. I, I think he – I'm sure he, he wasn't trying to screw with me. You know, he was like – he just was going. So what happens, I shot him in a turnbuckle, and I called bank shot diamond cutter, which means he hits the buckle. I hit the rope, bounce off, and catch him, bang. 
Well, he hits a turnbuckle. I'm hitting a rope. And I see him, like, doing a Ric Flair. Like, doing the face bump forward. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And I jump through the air. And I probably caught him about two and a half feet from the ground. Hit it perfectly. And the place popped. But I didn't hear that pop. I was like, that's not the way it's supposed to go. Because I'm, you know... I can be a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> and I said to Steve, I go, Steve, what do you think about that? You little kid, a win's a win. I'd keep it. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, you know, I'll keep it. And uh, Mark's an awesome dude. And he was a hell of a worker too. He was, he could really go. So I, I was more bummed out going out there, not bummed, but pissed that they cut the time because me and him could really get the crowd going, especially since he was more of in the, you know, enhancement angle. We, he could still get the crowd behind him. And, you know, I really wanted that, that, that impact before it, but it all worked. It all worked. And when Scott and Kev hugged me and Scott, you know, went to, you know, went to you know, shake my hand. And when he went to pull away, boom, you know, man, the place erupted. Kev took that backdrop, you know, and, went over the top rope and, and that was really the start of, of my career. That was, that was the lighting of the rocket. They really, they set me up so good. You know, I helped both of those guys so much in our careers and they wanted to, to, to do the favor because we started that angle 10 weeks before it was supposed to do in three weeks. And then they take it off the TV. And they took it off the TV. And by the time it actually happened in New Orleans, it was like it was supposed to happen. But that's not the way it was planned. If it wasn't for Nash and Hall, it never would have happened. Son of a bitch. So we're back in uh, Ewing, Kentucky. Back outside uh, Sean Ross Sop's residence. Never ends. I needed to try a new part of this technology uh, to see if it would work. And what that is, is you bring guys from other locations to bring them in just to see if it would work. And it did. And so hold on a second. Cause he's a little bit scared to be on camera right now. One sec. In so the presence I got, of greatness. I was able to get the, uh, the hog himself to come, Sean. He wanted to check out the place. No easy task to get that big hog to come. It was very difficult. But because we were able to beam them and not put them on a on a tick on a on a plane, we didn't require two seats, so uh, that wasn't too bad. So uh, let's try this technology and see if it. So Nigel, what you need to do to, in order to make this technology work, I'm going to snap my fingers. You got to send him back, and then snap your fingers and send me back. So send him back first. Good job. And now send me back. Ah. There we go. Oh, oh, oh. What is the white silhouette back there? Now you can put my face over Virgil and Ellsworth. What was that? Now you can put copies of my face or my cat's faces over Virgil and Ellsworth on a week-to-week basis. Yes, I can, and yes, I will. Fantastic. I absolutely can. So uh, a couple things before we wrap. So first off, Baron Corbin. Yeah. Now... I'm not going to lie, Sean, if this was somebody that I thought was marketable and if this was somebody that I saw money in, I would not be amused uh, to see him treated like a buffoon 
Um, but because it's Baron Corbin, I find it a little bit humorous. But my question for you is, do you think this is going to lead to a U.S. title run for him? No. You don't think so? Nah. Because he is going to get a shot at AJ Styles. That's clear, right? Yeah. I but think he'll get a shot at AJ Styles. But no, I don't think it'll lead to that run. I think it's it's a slow demotion. Think so? Maybe maybe he'll recover, but it's so it's just so funny that now everybody seems to be worried about the direction of Baron Corbin. Not you. But before that, I didn't hear anybody like, man, can't wait for Baron Corbin. That guy's a future star. No, no, no. I didn't hear any of that. Are you hearing that now? Oh, yeah. Just like a few weeks ago, there was the – or a few months ago, there was the, oh, give Jinder a chance. He he deserves a chance. He could do it. But India. Yeah. I don't know. So, you know, when I look at Baron Corbin, it's one thing to get beat clean by John Cena at SummerSlam. Because it's John Cena. So that's one thing. When you fail your money to make cash in, you get pinned with a schoolboy in eight seconds. That's something else. Then, when you fail to accept an open challenge because you're slow, and a guy that they treat as an, as kind of an enhancement talent not only beats you to the ring, but punks you outside the ring in order to get in there and get the match, that tells me that they don't have big plans for you. I'm, I'm with you. Also, the, the comment that Natalia made to Carmella. Yes. I think that it's shot after shot after shot. I think it's – see, the thing is they're, they're crafting this much more meticulously than they do for characters that they're actually pushing. Yes. This narrative that Baron Corbin is a loser. And it's idiot, the get, yes. Yeah, it's getting pinned really quickly. It's John Cena throwing on a cowboy hat and then beating him. Right. It's him not even being able to finish referee duties. It's – the Natalia comment, it's what you mentioned, the getting punked out by Ty Dillinger. I see it, man. I mentioned it on last night's SmackDown show. I definitely see it. I'm with you. Now, do you remember before Kane unmasked years ago, uh, he was going through a losing streak at that time. And his unmasking was kind of his reemergence. It, it was kind of him finding his inner beast or his inner demon, right, and, and reemerging. Do you think they're doing this because they're going to have him find his inner and just start tearing everybody up. Do you think there's that possibility? I thought that was going to be the possibility after he lost to either Cena or lost the briefcase, but it just wasn't. Right, right. So, I mean, anything's possible, but I think that it's so easy to book a gen- or a, a revitalization of a character, right. like a Rusev, like a Baron Corbin. Just have them – you've got a lot of people – on SmackDown that you can use in that role, like Ty right. Dillinger and Sami Zayn are two of the best because people like them Absolutely. and they're not hurt by getting beaten. People are going to like them no matter what, whether they win or lose. Right, and Baron Corbin to me, he's, he's just the kind of guy I just don't even want to see on my television, quite frankly. Sure. Uh, so, Okay, one more thing before we wrap. Um, Sid Vicious, Psycho wow. Sid. So he was interviewed by Devin Nicholson uh, on Hannibal, Hannibal TV. He took a shot at Kevin Owens, called him a fat guy in a t-shirt, and he referred to Shinsuke Nakamura as that Yakamura guy, and basically criticized that talent. Uh, what do you think of that whole thing? And and keep in mind who the interviewer was, because that's important too. So what do you think of great, that? Great, great interviewer, by the way. I yeah, love do you know that. Do you know his story? Yeah, I know his story. And so to me, I think uh, part of because when you listen to the interview, Devin was as critical as Sid Vicious was. Devin also called Kevin Owens a fat guy in a t-shirt. Uh, I think it's sour grapes on, on Devin's part. I think I think it is sour grapes too. Mm-hmm. It's sad the world's changing. It's 
it's like, man, it's I, I preach about it all the time. Like, the world has changed, especially since the '90s, because we know what real badasses look like now, mm-hmm. and they come in all shapes and sizes. That's as simple as it is. How do you think Roy Nelson would be considered by by like Sid Vicious? Roy Nelson would beat the brakes off of Sid Vicious in his prime on Roy Nelson's worst day. And right. let me tell you, Roy Nelson's had some pretty goddamn bad days. <laughs> Roy Nelson's actually a good a good comparable. Mm-hmm. Uh, because obviously you look at Kevin Owens, and I don't know if anyone's going to be intimidated by Kevin Owens in a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously we know in, in wrestling this day and age, and we've seen it with Conor McGregor in, in MMA, the entertainment value kind of supersedes the in-ring ability. And it just so happens that Kevin Owens is awesome in the ring, too. But uh, the, the entertainment value, the ability to cut a promo, being quick on your feet, the facial expressions, all of that supersedes in-ring ability. And Kevin Owens has all of that in spades, and that's why he's really getting over. To me, Kevin Owens is the star of the SmackDown brand. When, Ke- uh, when Sid Vicious was headlining WrestleMania, Enzo Amore wouldn't have even been considered by WWE. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now he's a guy who has massive heat backstage – but right. he's so valuable to WWE, whether you and I or our viewers think so, that they are his his numbers do very very good. His right. merchandise sells well, right? And they're they're keeping him around. They're running angles for him on 205 Live where they don't run a lot of angles that involve Monday Night Raw, right? So it, the world, it, Anna said it best last night. The world is always changing, and wrestling has to change with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, with all due respect to Sid and with all due respect to uh, Devin Nicholson, uh, Owens runs circles around both of those guys in terms of his just overall talent. And that's a fact. I mean, Sid in his day looked phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. 6'8", he was torn oh, yeah. to shreds. He had a very imposing look about him. Uh, very marketable looking guy. You know, very great. The, his promo ability, even though he wasn't the greatest talker, the way he did it was, was great. But, yeah, times have changed, like you said. The, the, the muscle heads, six, seven muscle heads are a dime a dozen now, which is the reason that Baron Corbin, because all he has is height, is not getting over. He's a perfect example of that. You need more than Bar- that. Now. Baron might not have been considered in the 90s. Possible. Because, of, possible. His, because of his physique. Not right. his motor. His motor's up there. He can go and not get tired, former NFL player. Right. But his physique may have kept him out of it. Right. That's it, it's just changing. That's why whenever I see people say pro wrestlers used to really look like they could beat somebody up, and I'm like, well, or used to look like pro wrestlers, I'm like, what does a pro wrestler look like? Right. What does somebody who can beat you up look like? Right. Because right. I've I've watched with my own two eyes, fourteen and fifteen year old featherweights immediately within like a minute and a half submit their two hundred and eighty pound strength and conditioning coaches from their football team that come into the gym to train with them uh, right. and do MMA. It, it's just different. It's just a different world. You never know who can go until they go. And here's the thing. It's a work. It's true, too. It's a fucking work. It's Jimmy, true. if me or you popped up on WWE TV and we're booked to have the death touch, we poke somebody and they fall over. That's just how, that's how they write it. That's how they write it, man. It's a fantasy world. Speaking of popping up, so uh, I, I'm done with the list of Jimmy Van this week. I'm done. So do you want me to beam back over to Ewing, and then we can go up for some like chicken and biscuits and some Monster Energy drinks? Ch- chicken and biscuits. Well, here's the Monster Energy. I'll be honest with you, man. There ain't anywhere within a, an hour of me that has good chicken. No? 
Okay. I gotta go. Well, to... Nigel, can you beam me back to Ewing? Beam me back to Ewing. Oh boy. Okay. And then yeah, let's let's. I'm waiting outside for you, Sean. I'm outside your house. So, hey, will uh... you give away that stray cat on my porch? Right uh, there by the door. Hold on a sec. Hold on. Get the fuck out of here. Hey! Go shit on somebody else's Sir! Porch. Sir, we feed the cat. We're just trying to find a home for it. So I'm, I'm gonna wait out here for you. Wrap up the show and let's let's go. Let's go grab a bite some more. Let's go. Uh, let's go get some bread and leave it on the neighbor's lawn. And sorry, what I said earlier, lady. I apologize. I'm sorry. You should actually. While we were on this, she wished me a happy birthday. So maybe she was watching. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's nice. Good for yeah, you. I, good. I have good neighbors. Uh, follow me at Sean Ross at, follow Jimmy at JimmyVan74. Each weekend, outside of ones that have major pay-per-views and that we'll have content on, I'll be re- releasing some of our interviews from Listin' Ya Boy and the Holy Smokes MMA podcast because there's a lot of content that we actually didn't use from Vince Russo to Matt Riddle to J.J. Dillon. I have a story time with J.J. Dillon that's coming out this weekend. So be sure to check that out, guys. And, of course, Fightful.com. I want you all active on those forums. I want you all talking about anything and everything. Wrestling, MMA, boxing, uh, movies, TV, sports. Talk some sports with me on these forums, you guys. There's a lot of tractors in Ewing, Kentucky. Yeah, there's not that many. Like per capita? Per capita, there's there may be a couple. I've seen like six already. Oh, which way? Do Do you see the post office? Um, post well, I've, I've been too busy flirting with your eighty-four-year-old neighbor. Yeah. So uh, I'll worry about the post office later. I don't have anything to mail right now. Anyway, hurry up because I want to go grab something. I'm waiting outside your house. I feel like a, you know, a, a, a potential burglar. Or You're something. so proud of yourself. You're so proud of all this work that you had everybody else do. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm waiting outside your house. I want to go. So let's let's go grab some you know food or something. Oh man, it's a nice house, man. It's big. Until next time, guys, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.